Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Katie Skelly, and you're listening to Why Are People Into That with Tina Horn. Hey there, Why Are People Into That listeners. Get your ass to class with the Autumn Workshop lineup at the Pleasure Chest. It's the perfect time of year for free, community-based sex education. At the New York City stores alone, you can attend a Dirty Talk and Roleplay workshop on September 5th, a pussy-pleasing class on September 12th, BDSM Basics on the 19th, and Suck It, Live It, Love It on September 26th. Workshops are always free at the Pleasure Chest and include 15% off your shopping that night in the store. Pleasure Chest sex specialists lead the education series with a carefully developed, queer-inclusive, kink-positive, pleasure-based ethos that makes up for the lack of sex ed you probably got in school. Follow at Pleasure Chest Stores on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for updates, or grab a class scheduled at your local Pleasure Chest in New York City, LA, or Chicago. I'll see you there. I'm Tina Horn. Welcome to Why Are People Into That? Live at the Pleasure Chest on the Upper East Side in New York City. Thank you for that applause, studio audience. For those of you who are not already familiar, Why Are People Into That? is my slutty, kinky, queer, perverted as fuck sexuality podcast. I have been producing and hosting Wire People Into That 100% independently for going on five years now. And recently, I've been recording some episodes live in front of an audience of community members such as yourselves. So you're all, you're all a part of it. You're all a part of it today and every day. And if you've listened to the show, you know that usually the format is that I have one guest who is some kind of expert in sexuality in general, some kind of sexuality professional, sometimes sex workers, medical professionals, writers, uh, performers, filmmakers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they choose a topic related to sex, kink, gender, and or love, and will explore and take like a deep dive into that topic every episode. But on the live show that I've been doing here at the Pleasure Chest and around New York City and actually around the country more lately, I like to have a little panel and have two guests instead of one. And that is what we are going to do tonight. So without further ado, I would love to introduce my special guest, Erica Ohms. Everybody give it up for Erica. Erica Ohms is a New York-based black queer cis leather dyke who is a kink enthusiast with masochistic tendencies. After quitting her job, she wandered into a leather shop seeking employment. It's like an origin story of like <laughs> mystery, like a magic shop. Somebody's been writing comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. It's true. I have been. So how long ago was that that you wandered into that leather shop? Uh, that was six years ago. Cool. 
there she was introduced to the leather community, which became an integral part of her journey in kink. Now, another thing, and we're going to talk about leather a lot today, but something that maybe some of you know is that at leather events, especially contests where leather prizes and, and titles are awarded, there is a, a sort of standard thing that's done during speeches where if you say certain words in your speech, then you have to take a shot. It's like a drinking game. Um, and journey is one of those words, um, like your leather journey. So if you have a drink, whether it's water or the wine, uh, you know, this would be your chance to, uh, to take a drink. Though she, though uh, Erica has since moved on from her days of slinging dildos and pushing poppers, she remains active in the kink community as a queer performer. With her work, she strives to increase the visibility of people of color in kink and sex-positive media. Hello, Erica. Hi, Tina. How's it going? It's going well. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm extremely nervous, which I've probably told you four times now, um, but I'm excited. You are going to be amazing. You're already being amazing. <laughs> oh, shucks. And you sure do know what you're talking about. I, I sure hope I do. And somebody else that knows what he's talking about is Santos. So everybody give it up for Santos. Hey, y'all. Santos J. Arce. Arce? Arce? Arce. Ar- <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. So it's Arce. Arce. Yeah, so Santos J. Arce. Santos J. Arce. Mm-hmm. Cool. I got it. So Santos is a 37-year-old Brooklyn native. He is a Latinx transmasculine queer who seeks to bring an intersectional and inclusive perspective on sex ed. He's worked at the Pleasure Chest as a sex specialist for over two years and has spoken about gender and sexuality on BuzzFeed and at Sage NYC, which is a center that serves to improve the lives of LGBT older adults, which is fucking amazing work. When he isn't working as a sex educator, he is a member of the trans queer punk band Trashy. I'm going to find out more about that soon. As well as a member of the Brooklyn Transcore Collective, which promotes trans and queer punk bands in and around New York City. Okay, let's talk about trans and queer punk for a second. Okay. How, uh, how, did, you, how did you become not only... Like, what's, what's your punk journey? What's my punk journey? <laughs> um, Don't we think? I, <laughs> <laughs> my origin story as as a punk is I grew up in East New York which is very um, it's very inner city and I didn't know any punks at all Mm. but I was really really into punk rock and this is I'm actually 38 now and it's uh, yes this was in the mid 90s like um, epitaph and like lots of California skate punk was happening fast forward to about maybe five years ago and um, I met someone who's now my best friend um, he was putting together a band for a pageant called Mr. Transman, mm. and as it happened, that was like the first the first time we all performed as a band, and then it worked really well, and we just became a band, and um, and because we were in that band, and we had this platform as a way of kind of getting folks to pay attention to us, and pay and we use that platform to promote other bands that are like trans and queer and things like that. So. One of the things that it culminates in is Punk Island, which is this yearly punk fest that happens. It's the biggest DIY fest. And basically, long story short, um, it is like we have a stage there and we have, it's like a mainstream event. 
and our stage is just all trans and queer artists, and we fundraise all year, and we pr promote trans and queer artists all year. Fuck yes, yeah. that is amazing. When is, oh, it's called Punk Island? Punk Island. How have I not been to this? What, when is it? So Punk Island is every year right around the sol summer solstice. So okay. it's like the longest day of the year, the sun's out and we get to play all day. It's a free event. And if you look up like punkisland.com, you'll be able to see it. And if you look up our stuff, we're Brooklyn Transcore and my band is trashy. Oh my God, I'm so gonna look it up and yeah. come to a show. That sounds amazing. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So, man, uh, I was going to say that one of my favorite words, leather, has come up so much already, but punk is another of my favorite words. So I am excited about so many words that I like coming up <laughs> on my show. Um, it's almost like I made this happen this way. <laughs> so we've, we've, talked, we've talked a lot about leather already, right? So everybody in this room is probably familiar with the fact that leather is a material uh that everyone's like yes okay cool i know this one <laughs> <laughs> and it's a material that is used to make apparel and accessories and useful things like bags and saddles and crops also and it is uh obviously made of creatures that used to be alive and there are many many uh, substitutes for leather that could be considered vegan or just don't directly involve uh, the slaughter of another creature to make them i say that like i am not wearing a bunch of leather and like didn't have pork for lunch which i definitely <laughs> did so leather is a material but it's, it's also a symbol for a lot of things and we're going to talk about a lot of we're going to talk about it in general and then we're going to talk about some specific stuff my beautiful guests why are people into leather are we all wearing leather are we i think yeah. i have yeah. on a few pieces i i was like just gonna wear this Hawaiian shirt and then I was like I guess I should put on a harness under it because <laughs> it's the leather it's the leather event so yeah why are people into leather there are a lot of reasons why people are into leather there's the smell of leather oh uh, yes the smell there's the look of leather mm -hmm. there's the feel of leather mm -hmm. um, the sound I the guess sound mm -hmm. there's definitely a sound to it as well but I think it's just more about the way that it makes you feel so how does it make you feel? When I put on leather, I, I feel very powerful and protected. It's like an extra, it, it's, a, it's a literal skin. Yeah, so, it's a second, second skin. Uh, so it's another coat of armor. And as for me, for someone who is extremely introverted, believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> extremely introverted, uh, being in a lot of public settings is kind of stressful for, for me. And the second that I put on my leather chaps or my leather harness, I can step outside and be the person that I want to be and put myself into situations that maybe are a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm protected. Cool. For me, I think of I think of a lot of like queer history and the things mm. like it's Leather's a little bit aspirational, I guess, for me. Mm. Like, I think of being a little kid and seeing, like, dudes with tattoos. And, like, I have tattoos. Like, it doesn't, I don't have that many. But, you know, like, I have tattoos now, and that's cool. And I'm in a punk band, and that's cool. And <laughs> I, I get to be the things that I thought were cool. And, like, <laughs> existing in queer history as queer history and mm. being a leather dude is, like, r really great for me. It makes me feel really nice. And also, you mentioned, like the smell and the taste and all of that. 
I, I was thinking taste because I'm a little picky. But, ah. <laughs> but also, there's like the care mm-hmm. and like excruciating detail, and that's that's really cool too. And like, you know, paying attention to it as an object that um, requires work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what does it mean to you two to be? a leather dude or a leather dyke or what might it mean for someone to identify as a leather daddy? I feel like leather daddy is sort of like a mainstream that there's like some knowledge of leather daddies in the mainstream, but probably more people have heard of it than know what it really might mean. So yeah, I mean, and I definitely know leather puppies and leather girls and leather mommies and like you know basically like any identity you could have you can put leather in front of it and just to like you know accessorize so what but what does that mean to the two of you when did you first know (laughs) no but when when, like okay you know this is an identity question right like I can remember the time in my life when so many different identities didn't didn't feel like they fit and then I found the word queer and I was like that's me that's how I can understand myself and communicate myself to others right so like when did you realize that leather was a term that you could use in your identity that would be useful and in what ways has it been useful okay so for me I kind of fell into the leather community it was mostly through a job that I went into this this job knowing, okay, I'm kinky, I want to work at a fetish store. I know that that's something that I would really enjoy. And the particular store happened to be a leather fetish store. I didn't necessarily have any connection to leather. I didn't necessarily know that that was something that I was going to love. But through working there, I met all of these people who I really connected with. And I grew like great bonds with these people and they consider them to be my family at this point like literally my old co-workers I refer to as my brothers we spend holidays together we do birthdays together they are my family um so for me leather is my home it's my family it's who I am it's what brought us all together as individuals it was that one common thing that we had and yeah cool (laughs) yeah yeah go ahead it's really special for me it was yeah it really was aspirational it was like when I was growing up there were a lot of things that I couldn't be or couldn't do because I grew up in a very conservative household but what I could do was sneak books Mm. so I would read like Pat Califia yes and like as I moved out I would just like sit in like borders and just read them because I'm lucky because I grew up in New York. And also, like, as I got older, I would read On Our Backs. And I mean, I identify as gay now, but I was a young dyke back then. And I would read On Our Backs and, like, see all stuff that I thought was really cool and want to do that stuff. And Like um, what? Like what? Like, <laughs> it was the first time that I saw Boy written B-O-I. Mm. And it was this person in, like, a Y harness. Like it went across their shoulders to the middle of their chest and then went down and back and around. So it was like a full body harness. I'm explaining this because we're on a podcast. Yes, please do. <laughs> please explain what yeah, what things look like and, yeah. and how they feel. Yeah. So and how they smell. Yeah, and I'm sure y'all exactly y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And anyway, I saw that and I saw the word boy, B O I, and I was just like, Oh my god, this is amazing. 
and like all the like really awesome imaginative stuff that Pat Califia would write about and just the idea of having like leather isn't leather being a leather person isn't always synonymous with kinky sex you can just like leather Mm. but it's often a signifier that you might be really imaginative in terms of things that you want to do in bed and seeing that in magazines or written in books is like was like a thing that I found Mm. really interesting and that I wanted to embody and that I hope to continue to be able to embody Cool, yeah. I think that it's interesting how leather can be a beacon, like literally wearing like a leather cuff or a leather chest harness or leather pants or a leather jacket or leather engineer boots. Like this can be a way of of transmitting just either that you are a safe person for other queer people to talk to or a safe person to approach about kinky sex. We do live in a world in which things get appropriated. And so, uh, you know, and I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that you need to go through a certain initiation before you're allowed to wear a leather motorcycle jacket. I mean, you know, I don't make the rules, but it can be disappointing when those symbols are watered down, but that is the world that we live in. And so I think that for, for that reason there, I was having a conversation recently with a a photographer friend of mine who saw in an art magazine that, that they were, the art magazine was representing themselves as post-fetish, meaning that they could use all of these fetish symbols in a in a high-fashion way, and and they were literally being like proud of like stripping the meaning. I this is my understanding of, of what they were saying was that they were proud to strip the sexual meaning from these like erotic signifiers in fashion and aesthetics, and I think that that's bullshit. What do you guys think? I think that it's bullshit, but I also understand that the old guard way of doing things doesn't necessarily have to maintain for the subculture to remain. Mm -hmm. Um, I also understand that in order for a subculture to survive, it has to become sort of cool and appropriated in a sense. Mm. Otherwise, it's going to die out and the next generation never gets to see what that is. True. It also means that like kids can buy colors at Hot Topic and maybe like as a, in yeah. a good way, right? Like yeah. that it may be like, well, I, you know, I like am growing up in a conservative household or conservative community and I can't have the kinds of relationships that I want to have or go to the places that I want to go to yet. But in the meantime, I can wear this choker yeah. from the mall. <laughs> I think that there's also like the point of the things that always frustrate me about art in general, like things that end up in museums or things that end up in magazines a lot of times those are appropriated but then and and the the person who's appropriating it is the one who benefits right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then there's also like the consumer right so the person who's 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 watching it or being affected by it so like you kind of think about what like which one is more worthwhile I guess like it's really cool to have something to have like let's say leather because we're talking about leather kind of broadcast to a larger audience even if it's stripped of its meaning in a certain way Mm -hmm. and then have that be like a gateway to to folks being like oh wait that was really hot like 
that turned me on, like, and then figuring out, like, oh, this person's wearing a hanky or they're wearing a cuff on their right hand like we all are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bottoms. Uh, <laughs> At least today. Yeah, same. It's like, it, you know, just basically being like, what does it mean, you know? Like, I, I, it's frustrating, but it's also pretty cool. That's my answer. Yeah, I like that. That's very positive. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just because Erica has a hanky that says anytime, any place, interested in anything, like that's an important ethos to be able to communicate, but that doesn't mean that you don't have limits, that consent isn't important, that establishing enthusiastic consent is like not something you need just because you're wearing that orange hanky, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So. It's a conversation starter. Definitely. That's a really good way of talking about flagging, any kind of flagging, whether it's a leather cuff or or hanky. It's a conversation starter. Yes. So the question was, what is your favorite piece of leather to wear and why? I'd like to. Yeah. yeah, My answer is really simple or really easy, rather. Right after I got top surgery, which was fairly recently, and I bought a chest harness and it was really affirming and I have other chest harnesses as well, but I got it fit right to my body. Nice. Right after I got top surgery and it was really like affirming and really great and it was a thing that I had wanted for as long as I can remember and it's a thing that I wear like at every possible occasion and I'm, I'm really happy to have it. So that's my favorite piece of leather. So my favorite piece of leather, so I have a lot, so this is extremely difficult that is true i did say when promoting (laughs) this podcast that erica will like show up with a backpack and like put it down with a thud and it will just be so full of leather things all kinds of leather things things to wear things to wield things (laughs) to put in people it's just really and there's like more and more speaking of magic shops there's just like it's a Mary how do Poppins you, bag. Yeah, exactly. How part do you the, fit it all in there? Part Magic. of the reason I wanted to answer first was because I was thinking maybe you could give like a top five of like different categories. Maybe Whoa. Or... Okay. Okay. That that <laughs> might be doable. <laughs> I was going to actually lean towards items that I was gifted, not things that I oh, purchased cool. for myself. I have this really awesome leather vest that mm. belonged to a friend of mine, and every time that he would wear it, I would just be like, oh my god, I love that vest. On the back, he had spray-painted this, like, rib cage and spine skeleton thing. And every time he put it on, I I just, like, couldn't help but compliment it. And one day, I was like, oh, you know I love this vest. I love it when you wear this vest. And he was like, it's yours. Take it. So I altered it to fit me a little bit better, and that has got to be probably one of my favorite pieces. Um, and then another piece is also a gift that was given to me. Um, and it's an orange pair of leather pants. 
Whoa. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. That came from an amazing human. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard, and you, you know, you mentioned sort of the idea of old guard and there being like rules and protocol around how leather objects are are treated with reverence within kink or, uh, or queer leather communities. And I've definitely heard the sort of the sort of protocol that you're not supposed to buy your own leather you're supposed to have it gifted to you or that it, in any case that having that w- or your first piece is supposed to be gifted to you or that it's if, if a piece is gifted to you by your leather elder that it, it holds a lot of significance it's kind of like a like a tarot deck right like you're not supposed to buy your own I think if you want something and you want to get it for yourself then there's no reason not to do that but I agree with that but I cool uh, but I do think that there is something really beautiful about gifting leather, not not only because um, not only because of the of the of the symbolism and the meaning of of each particular garment, but also I think that it does have something to do with the way that leather holds history. Like literally, leather absorbs like body sweat, you know, body fluids and smells. And and this goes to like another thing that I really love about leather, the material, which is that it's really burly and can like handle a lot. Yeah. And like you know, so the idea that like something could be the same generation after generation and it could like mold to someone's body and then be given to you and then mold to your body is really fucking cool yeah. it morphs it does morph yeah. yeah and that actually like what you were talking about just like made me feel things and that's really cool <laughs> <laughs> like we're it, here to make people feel things <laughs> i'm i'm really curious do you um like is the fact that they were orange um mm. important to you I mean, it was definitely a rare find, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, I don't know where they came from and how she found them, but I mean, of course, yeah. Yeah, like, do you, I guess that's another way of me asking, do you flag orange a lot? Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's, it's the easiest one. Otherwise, I have to, like, run around with, like, a rainbow tail, (laughs) like a train. Yeah. (laughs) Erica's interested in a lot of things. I'm, I, I, I try everything twice. Mm. Cool. Wants to try it, wants to see if I actually liked it. Yeah, right. <laughs> there is a thrift store in San Francisco. I'm pretty sure it's still there on Valencia and 20th called Community Thrift. Has anybody been to Community yeah, Thrift? And there is a leather section of Community Thrift. And this, I, I don't know how long Community Thrift has been there, but like def, I'm going to say at least since the 90s. And there's a leather section there. And I always like to think of it as like the breakup revenge section because I just I feel there's like really nice gear there all the time. And I always sort of feel like people get mad and then they like take their ex's leather gear to community thrift or like throw it out the window and with their records. And then you get to like score really nice stuff. And I had this pair of leather pants from community thrift that they were from the Gap. Speaking of cultural appropriation, they were really sexy, but also like kind of utilitarian, just like perfectly fitting, high-waisted leather pants. And I uh, do not fit in size four jeans anymore. And I've like gotten rid of a lot of things that I don't fit in anymore, but I can't get rid of these pants. And there are like all of these pictures of me 
in them at Folsom and I used to wear them as a dominatrix because then I didn't have to shave my legs. It was great. I just, I, I sometimes I think about getting rid of them and then I'm like, you know, I have to save these. I, I'm going to know who is worthy of these pants mm-hmm. one day. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about the idea of like my friends are having kids and I'm like, I'm going to give you these leather pants one day. I did a lot of weird things in these pants. I'll tell you about it someday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're clean. Yeah. And well, also that's the thing about leather is that it is such a strong material that, you know, your, your cotton t-shirts or your denim jeans are eventually going to rip or tear or get holes in them and they're not going to last forever. If you take care of your leather, these are pieces that you can have forever. You can also spill things on them, like wine or coffee or cum. cum, (laughs) And then you just... That's how you break leather in. It's It's like how you christen it is you get cum on your leather. It's true. (laughs) And then you give it to the next generation. (laughs) Like a creep. Yeah, but it, you know, it absorbs all of that history. Yeah. All yeah. that semen. <laughs> <laughs> I was once at a, an event at this place in Maryland, and it was a weekend, or, or like week-long kink event, and the whole space is clothing optional, so you get to wander around in the woods, and you can wear whatever you want, including nothing. And there was a clothing swap at the... <laughs> nudist retreat basically and I was just like oh this is really funny and I like walked up and I was wearing probably just tidy whities and nothing else and I picked up this leather motorcycle jacket and put it on and it was one of those like slow-mo things and everybody around me was like whoa it fits you so perfectly and I was like oh my god I don't have anything to swap because I literally walked up here in like just my chacos and and the, and the woman who had brought the the jacket turned around and was like oh that was my boyfriend's leather jacket. He's my ex-boyfriend now. It looks much better on you. And like walked away. And I was like, I guess this is my jacket now. Yeah. <laughs> and now it has lots of holes in it, but I feel I don't want to give it up. Mm-hmm. No. I'm not going to. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it's nice. Like in the autumn, you kind of get a little like breeze in there, you know? And it's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those linings are thick. Sometimes I need to come out anyway. Totally. <laughs> I had this thing happen where I was wearing a, a garrison ja- a garrison hat for like a really long time, a leather garrison hat, and um, my ex-boyfriend gave it to me, and I was like biking to a show, to a Limpress show actually, who are an amazing band who the front man like is also um, this really hot leather daddy. Anyway, I was going to wear my, my hat at the Limpress show. And um, and as I was biking, it just like popped out of my little <gasps> fanny pack, and I was like, you know what? We're broken up. The per- the person mm. who gave me that, we're broken up. This needed to happen, and I ended up getting um, like a totally different, like a fisherman's cap, like sort of like a BDU um, army cap, and it it suits me a lot better. And I I just kind of feel like it, and I don't feel like this about many other things, but mm. I almost feel like leather kind of chooses its own person in a way that's cool yeah i i don't know i feel like that so but the important part of the story is that the fanny pack didn't fall off because fanny packs are the most dependable (laughs) they are amazing and i'm so happy that they're a thing again yeah they never stopped being a thing in my world i actually have a black leather fanny pack yeah cool i would love to pivot this fashion conversation (laughs) into into a specific thing 
that Santos brought up, which is chest harnesses. So I'm wearing this chest harness from a Leather Coven right now. Mm. I mean, first of all, it's a queer POC owned and operated. So that feels really good to wear. And they have an Etsy shop. But it, it is also nice where, you know, the sort of classic chest harness is really burly. And I, I think classically, traditionally are made for cisgender male bodies and like maybe with a uh, tendency towards making them for like muscle clones. And there are actually a lot of different people with a lot of different bodies and a lot of different chest situations who want to wear chest harnesses either because they like them and they think that they look really good or it's kind of nice to be like encased in leather, whether you are going and like that is one good thing about leather being more mainstream is that like I feel like I can wear this and not be considered like totally obscene like walking around the Upper East Side which is uh, nice I guess yeah so there are lots of different people now making lots of different kinds Mm -hmm. of chest harnesses but can we talk about you know why are people into them is it purely an ornamental thing is there some sort of function to them what do you guys think so a harness uh, to my understanding they started being worn it's a handle. So right. mm-hmm. when you're fucking, you have something to hold onto and grab. And then I think because the kink and leather BDSM thing in fashion started happening, you started seeing all of these fashion harnesses that are very thin and very light and very dainty, where the original idea was like, this is a thick piece of leather because I'm going to throw you around mm-hmm. in it. It's a literal love handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but they were also designed to frame your body so um, I think the idea that you have to have a certain body type to wear a harness is bullshit totally Um, what you have to understand is what suits your body true looks good on your body Um, if you are really really broad maybe you don't wear strapping that's an inch wide maybe you need two inch strapping because it just looks more appropriate on your shoulders it looks like it belongs to you it doesn't look like you borrowed it from someone are you some kind of connoisseur uh, <laughs> <laughs> i may have spent a lot of time doing this <laughs> what what do you reckon what do you recommend if somebody is interested in getting their first chess harness um go to a store that has them try them on ask a lot of questions if you can go to a store that is going to fit it to you, do that. Generally, it's not going to be much more of a cost to get it custom to made. To get it custom fit mm-hmm. to you. One thing that's nice about them also is that if is that you can wear them just like over your your naked chest, especially if you are in a space where your naked chest is uh, is acceptable, or you can like just wear pasties to um, you know to cover the nipple, or you can free the nipple, whatever, um, or you can wear like something that is like a, like a really thin bra or uh, various you know they do they do give like a little bit of support for like the itty bitty titty committee, um, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, not not for not for everybody. But you so you can do that, but you can definitely also wear one like over just like a thin white shirt or you could uh wear it like under a like an open blouse like this like like there are ways that you can like that you can wear a chest harness at a sexy event especially in a way that signals that you want it to be actually like used for its like pragmatic function of being a love handle Mm -hmm. um uh, but then you can also use it to 
to to flag or to accessorize like in a, in a way that indicates uh, cultural affiliation or belonging in, in a way that that we've talked that, that we've been talking about or even just like making your outfit queerer or kinkier yeah uh, I actually had a customer for a really long time who is a lawyer and he would wear his harness underneath his suit oh, I love oh. That. why did he do that because it made him feel very confident and powerful that's so tight. He was able to walk into the courtroom with confidence because he had his harness on. Wow. Now I am just going to imagine every lawyer is wearing, <laughs> is wearing A lot a, of them are. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Or I a psychic so one. Much. <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking about, um, I feel like we're getting really close to something like, I don't, and I don't really know how to like bring it to light, but like, um, we're talking about, like, we're sort of talking about earning your leather. We're talking about um, um, buying your own leather if you want to. Um, also about, like, how leather harnesses were sort of, like, the original purpose was, like, to be a handle. And, like, I, I feel like all of this is kind of, like, like, you're talking about your, like, leather co coven harness. And on the one hand, there's, like, the really awesome, like, pragmatic, like, handle thing happening, and then mm. there's the other part of just, like, aesthetics and how those are changing mm. as well, and I feel like it doesn't ap apply to me personally because I happen to be a masculine person, but I think about, like, there's a lot of, like, a lot of pushback against what leather used to be mm. and how exclusive it was mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. is and what yeah like what kind of person was allowed to be yeah. in that club even though it was like we're all outsiders but like you can't be an outsider with us yeah. like you can't sit with us you can't sit with us because you don't look exactly like we all do yeah and i feel like that's a thing like that's that's sort of more in the mainstream or not in the mainstream but it's more prevalent now mm -hmm. um is like it's not just like muscle guys wearing leather harnesses it's like people of all bodies wearing lots of different kinds of leather harnesses chest harnesses is what we're talking about specifically um but you were like, oh, strap on harnesses before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I just got this new um, piece from a company uh, from, I think it's South Carolina, called Wild Wolf Leather. That is, it, it is like a leather strap on harness, but but without like the O-ring for the harness. And that's another thing that, that I could just like wear over nothing or wear over some underwear or actually like wear over pants and it's kind of fun to like wear wear like a burly harness like over jeans and like walk around Brooklyn I'm really curious what is that how does that work what is that <laughs> so there are leather straps that go around the tops of my thighs it like connects to something that's essentially like a belt around like the smallest part of my waist and then, I mean, it's almost actually, you know what it's like, is like a, it's like a garter belt. It's like a leather garter belt, gotcha. but it also kind of, and then it has like an O-ring like at the sacrum and it's just, I don't know it. What do you guys think about leather strap-on harnesses? I, the, so funny story is that I actually didn't get my first leather strap-on harness until probably four years ago or so. Um, that's a, that's a good run still. <laughs> good um uh i before then was using one of the spare part harnesses which if you're not familiar with spare parts they do harnesses 
out of machine washable materials. They, be, they like look the like appeal. underwear and they have definitely ones that are sort of more masculine and ones that are more feminine and ones that are more androgynous. And, yeah. and so it actually can, like you could be wearing it and you wouldn't, it might not even seem like you were wearing a strap-on harness and then all of a sudden you're like, this dick goes here. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and Surprise. I was dating someone who is a hardcore leather fetishist, and uh, I were getting frisky, and I pull out my spare parts harness, and it's not leather, and the disappointment on their face was just like so upsetting that I ran to the store the next day and bought a leather one. Wow. And were and yeah. were they satisfied? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still using it. <laughs> yeah, man. I I remember I remember my first uh, Aslan leather Jaguar harness, uh, which both the spare parts that um, Erica was talking about and Aslan leather harnesses and a bunch of other awesome. Ch- I think there's chest harnesses and strap-on harnesses. All the shit we're talking about is for sale here at the Pleasure Chest and 15% off tonight. Uh, but yeah, there is something going back to what we were saying about the way that leather molds to you and maybe even has whatever you want to call it, like a spirit or a consciousness or history or something in it. Like there was something I think I had only ever worn kind of like not not even fancy underwear looking harnesses like like synthetic um velcro guys before you know which was fine it got the job done uh yeah everybody was satisfied but like when i got my first leather harness like strapping that on with a silicone cock for sex totally changed how it felt to me how well it changed strap on sex for me because it also became like a leather fetish (laughs) experience every time which works for me, not everyone, but. Yeah. I can't remember my first leather um, harness, but I do have a favorite for sure. Um, and it's, uh, it's really, really minimal. And one of the things that I love most is putting it on and just pausing mm. and hearing, oh my God, that looks so good on you. <laughs> because it happens every time. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's my favorite thing is like yeah like like it's great because it's it's um it it holds your like your piece really securely mm-hmm. um which is cool because you know that like you're you're gonna get the job done mm-hmm. and then also um it just yeah it it it's another one of those things that you're like oh this feels really good and also there's something special as like what we're all talking about um, to buying leather and to or to or getting leather and just knowing that this is the real deal and this is really good and I'm like doing something really good and this feels awesome and I look awesome so hell yeah 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 it's interesting now that we're talking about harnesses for all parts of your body it is making me think even about the harness I'm wearing right now but also what it feels like to wear a leather strap on harness is where my mind is right now, just FYI. Uh, and, and thinking about the way that, that leather can be, and you know, and sometimes like this is really, what I'm wearing right now is really stiff. And then sometimes leather is really supple. Um, and I'm just thinking about how it has 
like it it's really it really makes you feel like enveloped or encased in a way that if you're also into bondage Mm-hmm. that can be really comforting and really nice um just way to get that little bit of feeling just when you're walking around um and it can also like have the uh effect of of helping helping with your posture like you're in finishing school i don't know but like it, it can it can make you part of the reason that it can make you feel confident like erica was saying about this this lawyer right is that it does actually like literally hold your chest up high and it kind of like holds you in this power pose position but it also has it is always going to have a little bit of give and it so it, it like breathes with you and that is that's hot it's like both like encasing and like yields to you as well that's just what i was thinking about <laughs> Um, I guess I also want to say one, one tip about leather to be mindful of is that leather is porous, uh, like your skin, uh, the skin of the mammal from which it, uh, from which it came is porous. So unlike say a material like silicone or stainless steel, which a lot of the insertable toys here at the pleasure chest are made from, um, leather, it's, it's not possible to ever totally disinfect leather. So we have talked about like getting cum on your leather harness or your leather vest like it is it's important to know that if you're using it with you know you can clean it like with warm soap and water and you can condition it or you can have a nice boot black do that for you and we can maybe talk about leather care a little bit as well but just one thing in terms of like safety and making risk aware assessments uh it's not like just something to be mindful of if you are sharing your leather especially if it has gotten all kinds of fun fluids on it and in it yeah. yeah, and maybe there are harnesses that you share, and there are harnesses that you keep for certain people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that can be really nice. You can sort of like, if you have a harness for a partner that you're fluid bonded with, you can like, you know, sort of have a ceremony where you both like come on the harness, and then you're like, "This is ours, babe." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we want to talk a little bit about both? So maybe folks are familiar, folks that are here may be familiar with the phenomenon of boot blacks. Like if you go to a leather event or a leather bar there, and there we've certainly had them here at the pleasure test, um, you might find somebody who has a little station that kind of looks like a shoe shine station set up, um, but it's actually, and they actually are there to care for people's leather boots uh, people's leather clothing of all kind. Um, but it's more than just a shoe shine. It, it is also like part of the like leather history and leather tradition. And for many people who are boot blacks who like take care of leather, they actually have like a leather fetish. And so like worshiping leather either by caring for it or also like by putting their mouths all over it is, um, part of what they're into. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Erica's off in another world now. Well, since you're so excited about what I'm talking about, can you you explain what is this deal with people who, like, want to put their tongues all over your leather stuff? Uh, I I, I don't know exactly what their deal is, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But you want more of it. On the receiving end, it feels incredible um the first boot blacking scene i ever did i was asked to show up in full leather head to toe 
so head to toe. Uh, and uh, I got the full body treatment and uh, he did, so I had on a hat, a jacket, um, leather pants, leather boots, and he started by cleaning everything for me. So taking saddle soap and cleaning all of my leather off, wiping it down, and then um, following up with his tongue, like everywhere, on every single surface. And it, even the hat, I don't know why, for some reason, like hat, licking, licking little, the hat is oh, like... <laughs> but it was fun. Um, and I think the moment that I realized why people have leather fetishes was when he took my gloved hand and stuck it in his mouth and it disappeared down his throat. Like it just went completely in and my entire hand, my entire leather covered hand was in his throat. And that was probably the hottest thing that I have ever done to this date. And I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but you you feel the tongue like through the leather, so right. it's got this like kind of cold, cool, but then they're like hot breath on it as well, mm -hmm. which is mind blowing. <laughs> Um, and then like it gets to your boots and you're like you're gonna stick my nasty filthy boot that's been like trampling on the street in your mouth and they do they yeah. sure do they yeah. sure do they, sure, they really that do is, that is commitment right mm -hmm. there mm. that is definitely commitment right there to say like you live in New York and you trample through the piss and the shit all day long I'm gonna stick this in my mouth <laughs> it's so that's nice that's love yeah. <laughs> I agree I've 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 definitely, I've definitely done that, and um, honestly, every time I've done that, I've gotten sick. Like I've gotten like a throat infection, but every time I've done that, it's been um, a really special scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, this is really important. So for some people, licking a filthy boot is humiliating or degrading, right? Like being under someone's boot, literally. And sometimes you make the choice that you might get ill because who knows where those boots have been or you know exactly where those boots have been. Yeah. They've been walking around in New York. And, but then there are a lot of folks for whom the, uh, the ceremony or the, the, the ritual or the scene is more like what Erica was describing where the yeah. first thing that you do is clean all the leather thoroughly with soap and water. Although I, as I did mention, it's not actually because it's porous. It's not actually you. So you could like scrub it and still. You can't completely disinfect it. Totally. Um, any, you can't put leather, leather would, in an autoclave. Yeah, yeah. Anything that would completely disinfect it is going to dry it out to the point where your leather would then be damaged. True. Right. And so then another thing that a lot of um, boot blacks and, and leather care folks will do is then like condition it like um with something like hubbards which uh which has a very smoky taste and smell that i associate with sex i don't know about y'all funny story <laughs> hubbards can also be used as lube it sure can oh, i completely natural wow yeah so you can 
So here's what here's the suggestion. If you're like, hmm, this conversation about leather sounds really great. Here's a scene you could do. One person dresses in head to toe leather, including the hat. Hat's very important. And then you clean them and it's like a massage on their second skin. And it's really fun. You get to like worship them. And then you can like rub them all over with the Hubbards, right? And then they smell like a campfire, like a leathery campfire. Um, and then somebody can get fucked with the Hubbards in their holes. I, I mean, I've, I, I'm here, I'm here for that. Yeah. I, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like totally beside myself with both of y'all stories. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I think we also are involved with boot blacks, so. Yeah, it may be a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, also Hubbard's is great for massage, like massaging your your literal skin. So is there nothing it won't do? Um, the answer is no. Um, is there anything else that we should say about boot blacking or leather care or that either of you want to say about like why people are into it or how it came about or how people can get into it? Uh, if you're interested in it and you want to learn more, I would go to your local leather bar. There's usually a boot black there. Um, here in New York, there's the Eagle, and there's at least every Thursday night, I can't say about the other nights of the week, there's a boot black there. They're more than happy to a answer questions. If you're like, oh, like what product are you using? Mm -hmm. Or like, what's this, what's that? Ask questions, get involved, sit in, get your boots done. If you think you wanna do it and you've never had your boots done, get your boots done. Well, that's another thing that's really nice about boot blacking is that it can be a really accessible thing for when you are maybe curious about kink or or kink community or exhibitionism. If you go to the Eagle, there is like actually a stand like like built there and set up and you can, you know, get in line or take a number um and and get your get your boots cleaned and then maybe you can negotiate with the boot black like do you want them to be worshiped like you can decide that, you know, negotiate it as you go. Do you feel chemistry with this person, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not necessarily like I'm hooking up with this person or even I'm like having a whole scene with them. But, and then when you're up on the boot black stand and you're getting your boots done, then you can cruise and you, or even just like observe everything that's going on in the bar. And it's like, kind of like you have a role of just accepting this attention and worship from someone who is there to, to offer that service to you. Like, but, as a way of offering service to the community. And so it's a really great sort of like uh, gateway drug. I mean, mm -hmm. thing for beginners. <laughs> um, and I, I highly recommend it. it. It's really fucking relaxing. Yeah. And then it also can be extremely bonerific as well. Yeah. I think an important thing to remember if you're like interested in um, getting involved with boot blacking is um, get lots of opinions also. Mm. Like yeah. it's important to get like to get involved but also you know some people are like mink oil is really important and other people are like no never ever use mink oil so get lots of opinions figure out what's right for you and for the leather that you're um working with and honestly for your budget and what's accessible for you and True. even your body too because some people um can handle certain things and some people can't handle other things on their bodies and also if somebody treats you like you're not worthy of their attention. It's not your fault. 
Mm. It's their fault because they're just being a fucking asshole. Absolutely. And also there's no one way to be leather. Like if this whole idea of identifying as leather is appealing to you and it's a community that you're interested in getting involved with um, to as a way of exploring kink or fetishism or even just like as a way of having lots of fun and looking fabulous, um, all of which are legit you know, yeah, you'll totally get people who are like, well, you, you're not actually leather until someone gives you their bar vest or until you've, mm-hmm. there are, you know, and there are, <laughs> there are contests where people will have leather titles. And so there can sometimes be this like friendly pageantry. And then sometimes there can be this like competition that is not sexy to me. So, you know, uh, and there are people who are like, don't go to a leather bar wearing cotton. Um, and I just kind of feel like, if you're curious, go and, you know, you mentioned budget and I think that that is really important, you know, go, go to a thrift store and get some used leather. Like, don't feel like you need to deck yourself out in some sort of really like elaborate chaps. Uh, First of all, not everybody can pull off chaps. Even if your leather shoes are not, don't look like anything that you have seen in any particular like leather daddy movie or image. There's more than, than one way to do it. And everybody, this is something that you'll hear me say over and over again when it comes to sex and identities and communities. It's about finding your own style. And in this case, there is actually like an apparel element. So there's like a, like a personal style element to it as well. It's about finding the thing that makes you feel good and that is, is right for you. And that is going to be the thing that is going to help you gauge compatibility and find your people, both your friends and the people who you want to fuck in a leather way. Gosh, we haven't even talked about bondage. We haven't talked about a lot of things. I mean, I do feel, I feel like, you know, just as you were saying that like the the chest harness is like originally sort of supposed to be a thing that's about like, uh, like using it during sex or being reminiscent of a strap on harness. Like the, like the cuffs are also in many ways, like sometimes cuffs like this do, I mean, this, this actually is like a bondage thing. You can like take it off and, and, um, actually like use it to attach um, someone's like wrists together or something like that. Um, but you will sometimes see people wearing leather cuffs that have D-rings or O-rings on them that are actually also bondage gear. And sometimes that can be a way of indicating like, I would like to be tied up now. I'm all ready. I have a tie-up point on my body. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah. Take me with you. Yeah. Or even like the bondage belt, you know, it's kind of like attach... Yeah. Need everything. I used to actually do that at events, and I would wear my restraints, and I all of my restraints are lockable, so you can throw a padlock through through the buckle. So I would put on all my restraints and put in all the locks, and then I would leave my key with whoever was my roommate that weekend, so that I had to come back to my room at the end of the night. Or stay in bondage forever. Or, yeah, usually events I'm working, so like... I should come back to my room and go to sleep at some point. <laughs> that's, wow, that's, so like leather as self-care or yeah. bondage as self-care. Yeah, somewhat. That's yeah. smart. I love that. Also, like the commitment is pretty hot too. Yeah. Like I'm committing to coming back and doing this thing. So what are some of the benefits of using leather for bondage as opposed to say rope or saran wrap or metal police cuffs? <laughs> Uh, comfort. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Why do I want to be comfortable if I want to be tied up, though? Uh, you don't 
necessarily have to be. It's a preference. But if you are going to be in things for long periods of time and you're a complainer, you want to be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, you could sometimes take more if you're more comfortable. Yeah, if you're not distracted by the fact that like something is digging into your wrist or like the metal cuff is starting to like cut into your skin, it's easier to let yourself go and fall into what some people call bottom space or subspace. Mm -hmm. You're not like, oh, this distraction, this thing hurts. It's also very strong, so you can pull and tug on it a True. lot and it's not going to break on you. Shouldn't at least. You were mentioning comfort it molds to your body but it also like a lot of times a, le a good leather cuff will take up more space mm -hmm. so it won't just be like this small thing that's cutting into your wrist like you said it'll kind of distribute the pressure of whatever bondage you're in mm -hmm. another thing is it's really satisfying for me specifically and i'm sure for lots of other people to have like the one thing that's good for the one job mm -hmm. so like to have very specific gear um that's very detailed like i like lots of people but um like i have wrist restraints and ankle restraints and you can't mix the two mm -hmm. and that's just something really simple a lot of people have very specific gear that is like specifically for different things and that's kind of cool for people who find that satisfying it's also quick yeah true with rope you have to learn knots oh, yeah <laughs> you have to yeah learn how to safely do those knots and then do those knots which is a process and if you just want something quick and dirty, you throw yeah. a cuff on someone and then bam, you're ready to go. And then it yeah. smells like leather too. So yes. bonus. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely know uh, I have some pro-dom friends who have all of this crazy leather bondage gear, like leather body bags. Mm -hmm. And so that's just like this like intense leather and bondage fetishism where someone wants to be like literally like encased and cocooned in leather and then like suspended and then it's like a sensory deprivation leather cocoon situation um yeah uh i'm i get claustrophobic thinking about that but i uh understand why people are into yeah. it it's just like not i think for me. The, the thing also is like about like that right is like it, it's kind of perverted to own one of those things. And I forget yeah, about that's, that. Yeah. That's true. It's like, okay, like anybody, you know, who's like basic can like have a leather jacket from the Gap now, but like nobody basic has a leather body bag just like <laughs> hanging out in their closet. I mean, who has space for that? You Unless make you space really... for that sleep yeah. yeah. You make space yeah. for it. True. What about leather as an impact play implement, like a leather flogger, for example. What makes it different from other things that you can consensually, sadomasochistically hit someone's ass with, for example? The sensation. What, how does it, yeah, how does leather feel different from other materials? So leather is one of those materials that can have either a thud or a sting, mm -hmm. depending mm -hmm. on how it's used. Um, so like with a leather flogger, if it's got a lot of heavy, heavy, spongy tails, you can get a really nice thud out of it. But with that same flogger, if you back up and you just hit with the tips, you get a nice sting out of it. It's versatile. It's mm -hmm. versatile. It's very, very versatile. And it can be used in multiple ways in order to get different feelings out of it. Yeah. And also, it can be really soft, mm -hmm. right? Like. It can you can drape that same flogger that you're getting a thud or a sting out mm -hmm. out of onto somebody and it can just be this really soft sumptuous like um s like supple feeling 
a, totally. that's, that's like just ba- either like just barely against their skin or just like hugging them in certain ways. So that can be nice too. We're talking about just the one flogger, right? But then there's like um, single tails and cats and those are all really stingy. And, mm. and also like the beauty of the product too is important. Yeah. Like it's fun to have things that are beautiful and it's fun to know how to use specific things too. Yeah, most leather goods are handmade, so there's definitely a sense of craftsmanship put into that object. That's a really good point. Yeah. You can't 3D print that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and if you did, it would be awful. It'd be weird. Yeah, it'd be really weird. <laughs> Where's the cow? Like, where do you put the cow? <laughs> In the computer? Oh, God. That's a digital, a digital cow. cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's the future. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, and then there's leather belts, too. I mean, that's one of my favorite moves is pulling someone's leather belt oh out of their pants and using it using it on them yeah i yeah. i have like like in terms of like protocol like somebody has to earn my belt like i have one belt that i wear every day and if i want to hit somebody with it they have to do specific things in order to like earn it and that's a thing that like le- yeah like we were talking about leather being really personal and that's like a thing so yeah cool i want to know what that <laughs> yeah, so what what do we have what does one have to do? What does one have to do to um so to earn your belt? So um so basically like um <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> That's what um, the beard is for, right? Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. cover the blushing. Um basically like somebody would have to kneel and I would have to ask them if they want if they want my belt and they would have to say yes. And with whatever honorifics or daddy that we've agreed on. And then um they have to kiss it, and then um, after I use my belt on them, um, they have to thank me, um, either by doing specific things sexually to me, or by thanking me, um, or both, ideally. So, yeah. Cool. Well, you heard it here first, maybe? <laughs> Publicly first. <laughs> that is so beautiful. So on that note, does anybody have any questions about leather, anything that we've talked about? Yes. So the question is, what is it about the smell of leather that we all enjoy? Do y'all want to go first? I would love to go first. <laughs> I have a really poor sense of smell. Interesting. And I can't smell very many things. And um, leather is one of the things that I can smell in detail. Mm. Um, and it feels indulgent for that reason. But it also feels indulgent because of the, the things that I've associated leather with. So that's my answer. Cool. Um, I actually lost my sense of smell for leather for a really long time because I worked around it on a daily basis. Mm. Um, so now that I don't do that anymore, it has come back. Oh, cool. And it's just an immediate turn on for me. And mm. I, I wish that I could explain what it is or why. I don't know. I really don't know. It's, it's like some people have an attraction to body odor. Like, and other people are like, ugh. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Those no friends of mine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we couldn't even be in the same room. <laughs> it feels really decadent to me. Mm, decadent. Yeah. Like, it's, like, 
like decadent in in terms of like I don't know like when I think about decadence I think of like an ice cream sundae mm. so it's like a sexy ice cream sundae in a way like you're like oh my god this is all for me so nice know. yeah I mean I don't know I'm not really like an expert on sense but I feel like leather is an earthy scent and it and it smells natural and that's obviously a very loaded term but maybe something like more accurate would be like organic I mean for like uh, you know very literal reasons um it it's interesting too because it it's dead but it feels alive (laughs) I don't know it's it is kind of creepy when you think about like I love smelling this dead thing um but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking also about how like when leather is a scent that is used in products, like when things are supposed to smell like leather, have leather tones to them, they tend to be marketed as masculine or to be marketed with masculine things like mm. tobacco or bergamot or smoke. And um, I, I mean, I do tend to like those things, but it's also so interesting, like what things get. Gen- like what sense get gendered yeah i i i feel like we were just talking about and i i think that we haven't exactly acknowledged this but except for you saying that leather is dead <laughs> but um but also like w- like leather is dead and that's like a thing and i think that's part of like honoring leather too is like this is going to a good purpose mm-hmm. and it's valued mm-hmm. um but also like we uh, not all of us but a lot of us eat meat and that's a thing that's like delicious and important for those of us who do eat meat. Um, but but yeah, yeah, it is a dead thing that smells great. It's often. a dead thing yeah. that smells great often. And then uh, getting back to what you were saying about it being gendered, I think that that's it, like it's really strange. Right? I don't want to get into gender because then we'll be here for like ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, there are uh, Demeter is um, a, scent, a house that makes lots of different scents, and they have like mm. leather scents that are like super spot on. One of them's called Riding Crop, another one's like just leather, and those are really great, and it's just leather scents, and they're surprisingly spot on. That's cool. Wait, who makes this? Demeter. Demeter, okay, good to know, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Gonna check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I definitely know that for some people, some people have leather fetishes because they associate the smell or the feel or the look of the leather with something maybe from when they were really young, like, um, like maybe someone in their family had a pair of shoes or a Mm -hmm. bag or a pair of Italian leather gloves, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the last thing that I would say about the smell of leather is that is something that that I feel like we've alluded to, which is that it's it's very potent, and you kind of can't like like the more you clean it, the more it smells like itself. I kind of like the idea that it's like kind of gnarly, and it does absorb like body odor, like the smell of the leather jacket of someone who like just got off their bike, like the the leather of the jacket mixed with the the like like perspiration of the person who's wearing it like mingling together is like that's like my fave for sure Mm. yeah 
it's like body on body. Yeah. What is, so the question is, what is the difference between leather and patent leather? <laughs> so, uh, would you mind saying this on the mic? Sure. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna start over. There's two types of leather tanning you can do. One is, um, will you say first that your background, about your background? Sure. Um, so I work in fashion. I've taught shoe construction classes at the new school. Um, friends who make boots. I don't know. I know a lot of things about materials. Um, cool. So there's two types of leather tanning and one is, I guess, like chrome tanning and one is natural tanning. I don't know if there's probably a better name for that and it's not coming to my mind right now. The natural tanning is more of a process of using oils and less chemicals to finish a leather so it can be used. It tends to be more friendly, naturally friendly. Chrome tanning is a much more complex process and that's what the majority of leathers you run into um, are and it's a process where essentially the factory takes off layers on the top and then they apply different layers. So some of the scents you do get are chemical based, mm. some of them are natural. Mm. Leather is like skin or a hair and an absorbed scent. So when you're talking about scent, that's part of, I think you touched on some of that. but. In the process, I mean, you can do all sorts of different things to it, right? You can coat it with things, you can stamp into it, it holds, um, holds like what, embossing from metal. Mm. Um, you can put dye in it. So when you're talking about patent leather, leather, it probably is majority of it. Could be natural leather. I mean, obviously there's synthetic variations, but it's, I believe it would be like a plastic coating finish on top. Um, if there is like a shiny leather, maybe not patent leather, mm -hmm. it might just be shine to a really high gloss. Yeah. Thank you. No I love that I'm like, know all of these kinky things about leather, but then I'm like, oh, I, I don't, I don't know any of this fashion stuff. That is so cool. Thank you. Well, I think that we are out of time. So first, I just really want to thank the Pleasure Chest for hosting Wired People into that live every other month. It feels really, really good for me to be able to talk about sex and kink and gender and love with people that I'm in community with in real life. Um, and, uh, you know, the there are more and more threats to our ability to have these conversations in person and on the internet. So you're all exercising sexual freedom and liberation just by being here. And I really fucking appreciate that. And, and I really appreciate the pleasure chest for facilitating it. And even when you're not at Wired People Into That Live, the Pleasure Chest is an amazing space for education and entertainment. And um, all of the sex specialists that work here are trained to help you find the right leather harness or the right buy one, get one free vibrator uh, or the right lube or anything else in the store. So um, please uh, talk to them, ask them all of your questions. And tonight, uh, all of your shopping is going to be 15% off and the store is open till 10. So get to it. And I really, so everybody give it up for the, for the pleasure chest.
And especially thank you so much to Ryan, who is the manager of the Upper East Side store, who works with me so hard on making this happen. And everybody give it up for Erica Ohms. And our resident pleasure chest sex specialist, Santos. When's the next trashy show? Uh, the next trashy show. Oh, geez. That was the one question I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> but you can um, look us up on Instagram, Trashy Punks, P U N X. Um, so, Trashy Punks on Instagram or Trashy Punks spelled the same way uh, on Facebook. Cool. And is there anywhere else on the internet that folks can find out more about your work? Um, yeah. I mean, so in terms of my work, work, um, not exactly, but in terms of my band, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on um, Facebook, and also um, Instagram, all the places where you would find a band. Cool. And in terms of my work, you can see me at the West Village store. <laughs> Sweet. What's the, um, that's on 7th Avenue, right? Yeah, 156 7th Avenue South, which is important. It's not 7th Avenue. If you go to 156 7th Avenue, you'll end up in Chelsea, not at our store. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. And Erica, where can people find out more about you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I my username is Eric. Uh, what is my username? Uh, <laughs> what is my name? Uh, my username is Electrix Ohms. Um, it's the same on Twitter as well. And as for work that you can find me in, I just shot a feature with Aorta that I am extremely excited about. The, the cast is ridiculous. It's just, it, it was a whole week in Philly that we worked together to put this together. And I got to shoot an amazing scene with this amazing top named Alice and I'm so excited for people to see it. What kind of a film is it? Uh, it's so it's, <laughs> it's um, <laughs> I have a hard time explaining a order. It's work. It's porn. It's porn. <laughs> but it also so this is a collaboration between Aorta and AOMC, which is their dance company as well. So this is a crossover. So you've got both erotic art and then like you know your general postmodern dance and eh. just regular <laughs> stuff yeah cool but it's porn <laughs> amazing well and i would love it if everyone could show some love to ben who <laughs> makes the beautiful audio happen and I'm Tina Horn. You can find me on the internet at Tina Horn's ass on Twitter and Instagram and tinahorn.net. And I'm teaching a class for anal August. August is anal month. Did you guys know that? Uh, uh, about ass worship. Uh, I forget what day, but if you go to pleasuretest.com slash events, you can find out about my class and a ton of weekly free workshops that are held here and at the West Village store all the time or if you're in LA and Chicago you can check them out there and that's all I wanted to say happy shopping happy summer thanks for coming Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, fresh. 